yo, 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 it's your boy, EJ Smith, and this is the Breakfast for Dinner podcast where we talk about sports, such as soccer, UFC, and everything in your day-to-day lives from breakfast to dinner. Now, I didn't do a review on this, but I'm doing it now. I apologize. I had a little vacation. I went to Vegas. It was fun. I loved it. But Vegas 8, as we're going to call it. UFC Vegas 8. Smith versus Rakic. That car was pretty good. Let's talk about the co-main event. Neil Magny versus Robbie Lawler. It was a dominating performance from Magny. He was 14th, I think, in that division. And now he's definitely moving up the chains. I think his striking is pretty decent. But his grappling is way up there. I love it. He dominated um, Robbie Lawler for three full rounds. Robbie Lawler didn't know what to do. He tried to get in because he's the shorter guy, right? So he tried to get in and get those shots in. But let me tell you something, man. That division has changed. There's longer people. There's bigger people than Robbie. And honestly, I think it's time for him to uh, pack it up. And then you had the main event, Anthony Smith versus Alexander Rakic. Same thing. Very dominating with his grappling. Took Smith down with ease almost. And I remember vividly uh, they were in Smith's corner. They were, gra- he, they were in Smith's corner grappling. Um, you know, switching positions and, and, and all that. Well, trying to, he, Smith was trying to transition. And... Smith's coach said, hey, Anthony, you need to get up. You got to get up, man. And he just could not get up. He really couldn't. Rakic was holding him down, hitting him with big shots. And again, it was just a dominating performance. Now, let's get into what happened last night. UFC Vegas 9. The prelims were pretty good. Um, there wasn't there, there wasn't too much too you know, there wasn't that much exciting excitingness to it, I guess you could say. <laughs> but the main card was pretty decent as well. Um, Brian Keller, he's fought four times now within a year. I think he's tied for, you know, I think he's tied fourth for most fights in a year. He dominated that performance. He did a submission. I think it was an arm bar, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was a guillotine. It was a guillotine. He, Rodriguez went for the takedown. He, they, they were up against the fence. And Rodriguez went for the, the double leg and exposed his neck and boom, he was done. So, <clears throat> I don't know if Brian Keller is going to go to bantamweight or uh, featherweight. But whichever one he chooses, I think he's going to favor uh, Bantamweight. But he is a problem. He's now 22 and 11. And he's, he's going he's gonna to keep ascending, I'll tell you that much. Aljo uh, versus Montana Del, Ro- Del Rosa. That was a striking clinic. She put on such a hurt. 
on Montana. And and props to Montana, right? Because she did not give up. She has a heart of a lion. No pun intended to Lionheart. But she is just tough as nails. She was still going with the jab. Still trying to hit the hooks. Trying to get the takedown. But let me tell you something. Arjo, I'm pronouncing this totally wrong. I know that. She was amazing. She hit her. She hit her with the overhand rights, the jabs, the left jabs is what did it for Montana De La Rosa. I thought her nose was broken, honestly. And 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 I heard from the commentator. I think it was DC. I heard that in the past. She's had problems with that nose. So it was definitely compromised. Maybe even before the fight. But let me tell you something. She's going to be a problem in that in that women's flyweight division. Uh, uh, Cole Smith versus Hunter. Um, oh, I forget his name. It's right here in front of me. I'm, I'm actually looking at it. Azor. Amazing. Unanimous decision. Dominating performance. The wrestling was amazing from Hunter. Again, he hit him. He he actually hit Cole with a uh, a right, I think it was, a right hook. Dropped him. And again, was just dominating throughout the whole performance. Then we got Michael, Michelle or Michael, whichever one we want to say. Pereira versus Imadoff. Or Imadoff, I should say. This was very interesting because Pereira is already a flashy person. And then you make him mad on the face-off. You push, you mush his face in. You push him off on the face-off. Oh, no. Let me tell you something. That was a recipe for disaster. Michelle was showing out. This was his coming out party. The welterweights better beware. He's only 27. This man, Pereira, was literally slapping him. He was kissing his hand. He said, I got these for you. I, these are for you. Literally, not not even like Nate Diaz smacking like this, like slap boxing. No, he was slapping hard. Like he was trying to knock him out with the slaps. And he, honestly, he did rock him with a couple of them. This man was doing jumping off the cage uh, roundhouse kicks. Remember that time when... When, uh, oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank. It was WC, ben, Bindo Henderson got kicked. I forget his name. I'm drawing a blank, guys. I hope you guys, I wish, I wish there was a comment section in the podcast so y'all can help me. But man's jumped off the cage, hit him with the roundhouse kick, and Bindo Henderson was out like a light, all right? He hit him with something like that. It was crazy. Literally crazy. Now I got to find the name. Hold on. Now I got to find the name. Hold on real quick. WC, Bendo Henderson fight. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm drawing a blank. A, a massive one too. Benson Henderson, who'd he fight? Yeah, I... I Pettis, Anthony Pettis. I was like, I'm trying to Blake here. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, no. When Pettis hit that roundhouse kick off the cage, 
It was deadly. And that's exactly what Michelle Pereira was doing. Hitting him with, with, with off the cage Supermans too. It was crazy. And he hit him with a capoeira, a capoeira kick, which was wild as well. I'm like, this man is flashy. I love it. And I remember in, at the end of the second round, I think, they went all three rounds. And it honestly looked like Imadoff tapped. In my opinion, you know, I think it was over. It looked like he tapped. But, um, yeah, no. He, he hit him with, I think, a straight right, dropped him down. He covered his face, and he said, you know, I'm going to go for your neck. And he choked him out. Uh, Imadoff, you know, definitely was... Talking, talking to the ref like, hey, man, I was in. I was good. No, you weren't good, brother. You wasn't good when it, after the first round when he was staring you down. Don't you ever push me, Michelle said. Don't you ever do that. I'm going to end your life. And that's what he did. Amazing. And that wasn't even the co-main event. That's kind of crazy. That, that It was a good fight. And I was, you know. And then we have the co-main. OSP. Ovis St. Prude versus Alonzo Menafield. Let me tell you something. Alonzo Menafield went in this fight 9-1. I forgot who he lost to, but he went up against a veteran, OSP. Now, OSP, his little history, he wasn't heavyweight. He dropped down to middleweight. I'm sorry, to light heavyweight. And he looks actually big. <laughs> he looks really big. <laughs> Bigger than... The rest of these light heavyweights out here. But yeah, no, man. Menafield was again, he he was a shorter fighter. He was six he's six foot. And six foot's not short, but OSP was six three. Yeah, three inches on him. And um and again I think he looked bigger than him. But with these shorter fighters, they try to get in there, man. Same thing with Robbie Lolly. He was trying to get in there and and just like Magny, OSP was using his range. And Menafield went in there. He tried to rush with the barrage of punches and got caught with a left hook. Dropped him like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Dropped him like a sack of bricks. He was done. He didn't even move. As soon as, as soon as OSP landed that right hook, literally he walked away. Literally. Literally. So that was a good fight on him, man. Keep it up, OSP. You're moving up the rankings, man. Keep it up. Then we have the main event, Overeem versus Sakai. Sakai was literally winning the rounds. Literally winning everything. I mean, there was some times where, you know, Overeem was hitting it with shots. They weren't heavy. But just to let him know that he was there. Literally, it was... It was... Overeem holding his head up against the cage and Sakai just landing punches, landing elbows, landing uppercuts, leg kicks. There was one time where Sakai hit him with a downwards elbow, which was so smart. He hit two of them and they cut Overeem, Overeem uh, like on the hairline, I guess. On the hairline. And But, you know, Overeem's a warrior, so. But let me tell you something. So he said, Overeem was like, hey, the striking's not really working. He's beating me on the striking. So you know what? I'm going to use my wrestling. And that's what he did. He used his wrestling. He got him down, I think, twice. I'm pretty sure it was twice. Two takedowns. I'm sorry, three takedowns. 
And the times that he got him down, he was just dominating him, just hitting him with punches. And they were, and and honestly, they were actually heavy. Sakai could not give up, get up. He couldn't get up. He honestly, I don't even think he tried. I think he was just so gassed. When the third round hit, he was just so gassed. He was so tired. He was and and Overeem, every single round, he looked like a fresh chicken. He was like, come on, let's go. I'm ready. But yeah, no. Overeem took him down to the ground, I think, in the third round. And that was a means to an end. He just hit him with barrage. He didn't mount him. I think he was in like full guard or maybe even half. But he hit him with elbows, hit him with with heavy rights, heavy lefts. And Sakai looked like a bloody mess. It was over. It was over. Um, I kind of felt sorry for Sakai because he's a he's a promising fighter. He really is. That was his second loss. He's 15 and 2. With one no contest, but I can't remember what that no contest was. But um, yeah, no. So I'm sorry. It was this thing went five rounds. He was gassed. Did I say three rounds earlier? This thing went five rounds. On a fight night, not even a UFC pay per view event. This was a fight night. That was kind of, that's pretty interesting. He was definitely gassed after the third round. And again, Sakai was winning the striking game. But Overeem, he won the ground and pound. And when you have decent wrestling to a guy that doesn't really have good jujitsu, that's what happens. Fifth round, elbows, done. Call it a night. Let me get my check. But that's all I got for you guys today, man. I'll be posting more videos or not more videos, Jesus, <laughs> more episodes <laughs> on this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. I thank you guys for your support. Um, continue listening to me and uh, just help my channel grow. Help my podcast grow. I really appreciate it. This is the Breakfast for Dinner podcast. And I'm your host, EJ Smith. Peace.